Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 26 of Liberty After Dark by any other name. I am your host, Christian, and today we're going to be walking down a little bit of some uh, news, some libertarian thought as usual, and then we're going to wrap up the show and uh, go to bed. So, first things first, we have the news, as per usual. Um, f so, so let's just... Let's just go ahead and lay out some of the ground things here. We have some news that is really not that pertinent, uh, mostly involving the Democratic presidential candidates that I don't really care about. So we're not going to put too much time into that. But um, Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg is getting a lot of flack for moving somewhat towards the center, I guess you could say, as far as the left is concerned. So... They are, he's getting quite a bit of flack for that. Um, I, I think it's mostly kind of overblown. He's, his campaign has been completely, uh, what's a good word for it, uh, decimated ever since the shooting happened in the town that he's the mayor of. Um, it's, it's not been unrecoverable. He still polls decently, but it's definitely been much, much, much harder than it needs to be. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is still going all in on Ukraine. He's freaking out. He's he's afraid he's going to either get killed or something. I don't know what's going on. Um, I know Trump has been doing a lot of work with Turning Point USA. There's some news about that. Uh, there's uh, the DNC. This is, this is an important thing. The DNC is slightly tweaking um, the debate criteria so it's going to be a little bit more difficult than it was even last time for democratic candidates to get in and it looks like cory booker is not going to be making it unless some big 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 changes happen uh amy klobuchar is probably going to be right behind him and yeah it'll be a big uh big stinker for sure uh we we will hear all about that and uh it probably won't be a fun time but um let's see here oh god the spending bill that got passed let's let's just go through that real quick so a 1.4 trillion dollar spending bill passed through the house while all the impeachment stuff was going on and the biggest thing about that is it's I think $728 billion of that is defense. It's almost $40 billion extra for defense. Um, troops get like a 3% raise. There's some other things in there. But yeah, well, I mean, we're talking multi-billion dollars increase in defense. We're talking uh, research for gun control stuff. We're talking 21-year-old federally mandated smoking age. So the nanny state is in full swing. Um, and that's, that's to me, like, so I expected them to raise spending. That to me was, that was a given. I, I knew that was going to happen, whether it was this or whether it was, they were going to add some bills that reappropriated funds somewhere, whatever the budget. I knew that was going to happen. Trump and his campaign and his, his presidency that people just love spending money. Actually, since 2000 and two thousand actually since like 2000, people just love spending money. Um, <laughs> Especially in government. Like it's candy. They just give it out. But really what caught me out of nowhere, I didn't even know this was a thing, was them raising the minimum age for tobacco. So um, I posted this on Facebook. So if you're following me on Facebook, you saw this. But 
I, I basically said that it's crazy to think that something that people have done for thousands of years can get you in, in trouble with the government now. Like, that to me is insane. Like, the nanny state is big on this one. Like, I was very upset when Texas raised the minimum age to 21. That's not government's job. To Government's job is not to, to tell you what you can and can't consume, what you need to keep in and out of your body. And, like, next before you know it, like they'll be banning fast food and they'll say like you must eat this much vegetables under penalty of law and i know that's a slippery slope fallacy but guys i mean this is kind of a big deal honestly um it's a big deal because i, I get it most of america doesn't smoke anymore most of america doesn't care oh, you're just shilling for big tobacco like no screw big tobacco you shouldn't smoke that's dumb that's not the point the point isn't whether or not people should smoke the the problem is whether or not the government has anything to do with people smoking and uh the answer is no they don't have anything to do with people smoking uh so it's it's guys again slippery slope fallacy whatever blow me up on it in the reviews and on, on facebook and twitter or whatever the this is an issue okay this is a big problem it's more what it leads up to sorry i hit the microphone it's more what comes after this right because we've set the pretense and we've done this with other things right even things like the seatbelt mandate okay i understand that auto manufacturers weren't putting seatbelts in their cars at all really with a few exceptions before this case but there is a uh, a definite uh, concern whenever you have to start looking at the fact that this is just completely outright saying 18 to 21 you can't do it you're making criminals of people who for the last however long the minimum tobacco age was set were completely legal law-abiding citizens you're making criminals out of these people and i think you know this we, we say these kinds of things when it comes to like gun control and stuff like that too like you're making criminals out of innocent people but i think it's important to stand to understand that any situation where the state is taking your rights away, delineating them somewhere else, or, or getting rid of them, or throwing them out the window, and, and get, or, or passing them off to somebody, that's an issue. Okay, that is something that we need to be talking about. This isn't like a, this isn't like an esoteric, like you know, oh man, I wish the state would be gone tomorrow. Like these are things that matter today because, you know, the entire federal government just decided that. If you're between the ages of 18 and 20 and 364 days, you are now criminal if you buy cigarettes. Or if someone sells cigarettes to them, they're criminals now. And that, that's not okay. It's really not okay. Um, it's a big problem. And it shows that we have an issue with understanding the role of the state in society. And... That's going to kind of go into what we're going to talk about today for the main bulk of the show. Um, there are there are lots of other things to talk about. Obviously, President Trump has been impeached. Uh, there's a hot debate on whether the impeachment is is uh, legitimate or illegitimate. There's a lot of debate on whether the articles that he's been impeached under are constitutional or unconstitutional or go against the guidelines set by the House, in law, or or what. 
Um, but as far as far as I'm concerned, I am more going to lean on the side of he's been impeached, but the Senate is probably never going to see it. And if they do, they'll pretty much strike it down immediately. And Nancy Pelosi knows that, so it doesn't really matter, honestly. <laughs> um, I know there's been a couple other things in the news that people probably don't really care that much. Uh, Sanders raised a bunch of money. Uh, Trump is, is blasting evangelicals that, I mean, are they really evangelicals if they're on the left? But, you know, left-wing Christian media, because some of them are calling for his removal from office and, you know, calling it like, you know, God has... has ordained this or whatever they say so a bunch of that's going on but you know the news really if, if you if you've been keeping if, if you have social media you know what's been going on you know they're the important things spending bill omnibus bill is what i'm gonna call it has passed and it's got a lot of funds going into a lot of things i don't want more funds going into uh, it's, it bans the smoking age. It puts money into research for a bunch of programs that I think is a waste of money on. And yeah, that's all sorts of great things. And I don't have to tell you guys that pretty obviously taxation is theft. So that is, you know, what here, here's the thing. Okay. Let's, let's talk just a little bit about government. Just, just a small amount. Okay. Let's look at this from the perspective of someone who's like a minarchist. Okay. I'm going to get out of my shoes for a minute. I'm going to put myself into the perspective of somebody who wants to keep the state around, but just doesn't like the way things are being run now. You have this situation where we have a government that is spending itself out of, out of existence, basically. Um, collapsitarians probably love the sound of this, but like we are collecting less revenue than ever, which I think is a good thing, but we are spending more than ever, which is a bad thing. And I use the royal we, obviously none of you here are currently spending the money that the government collects, but the government in, in representing you is spending that money anyways. So again, we come back into this situation. Give me one second. My dog. So like I was saying, we get into this situation to where we have to, we have to take a step back. Even as someone who's like a minarchist and we have to say like, okay, well, hold on. What's going on here? Um, because you, if you are going to have any sort of, you know, I would argue as a voluntarist that you, you pretty much can't have a state. Everybody has to be implicit in the creation of the state and consenting to the state. And they have to be given an opportunity to consent to the state. Otherwise you're involuntarily associating them with the formation of the state, whatever. Okay, cool. We, we've gotten that out of the way. Pretend you're still a minarchist and um, you say, you know, well, we, we need this state, but it has, we, we can't be spending money that we don't have because that's accruing debt on people who, mo I, I suppose that in this situation, you could say that if you signed on the dotted line saying that they could accrue debt in your name, then they could do whatever they want, I guess. They could spend themselves into a black hole of nothingness, but then it would be you as the person associated with them's responsibility to pay it. So really, this is what this is all coming to, is that we are spending way, 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 way more money than we take in. And we are 
not uh, even remotely close to paying any of it off because we've decreased the amount of revenue. And that's a problem. And I'm not saying we should increase revenue. I'm saying we should cut spending, but we're not doing that because there is no economic conservative in government. Um, I guess you could say like maybe Rand Paul is an economic conservative, maybe, but I don't see him filibustering this spending bill. Um, it's already passed. So I, I think this is, this is, this just goes to show you that there is no economic conservative. The budget is just to delegate money out to wherever you can throw it. And it's just a race to see who can get more of it, put where, um, it is suspicious timing that the budget was just blown through the house without any time to look over it during all of the impeachment stuff. So it seemed like nobody was interested, not even the legislature, not, not just us, not the media, nobody, nobody was interested in, in what the bill had to say. It was fine. Everybody was like, whatever. Oh, smoking age is 21, $1.4 trillion that we can't afford to pay for. It's great. Uh, and so that, you know, guys, I've, I've talked about the economy before. I've talked about things like debt spirals and what entails all of that. But this is how we make the hole even deeper, right? I'm not saying this is the end of, the, of America. I'm not saying uh, Trump's ruined our fiscal, you know, I mean, he kind of has. But so did Obama and so did Bush. So the last three presidents have all screwed us over like that. But uh, we really have to consider the fact that uh, is the deeper the hole gets, the worse it is. And as much as I talk about how unfeasible his plan is, um, what's his name? I just talked about him last episode, too. Um, not uh, he's running for president as a libertarian man. Adam Kokesh. There it is. Uh, Kokesh is a plan to use just completely dissolve the national debt is probably the only way that it's going to work now. And if you guys know anything about the global economy or spe specifically the, the global financial system, like screw the economy, the global financial system specifically, it, it, it either won't fly or if it does fly, it's going to cause a lot of problems. Uh, so either that, or we pay back. What is it like? I can tell you how much it is. $70,070 or $187,287 per taxpayer. That's, mm, mm, just think about that. The U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio is 106.71%. In 2000, it was 55.17%. The debt to GDP ratio. We have, we've eclipsed our debt to GDP ratio. We have completely left it in the dust it is absolutely nothing basically <laughs> nothing of note anyways i guess is one way to look at it if you're of that particular leaning <sighs> so i think that's enough talking about all that mess really what i wanted to talk about today was um our What's a, what's a good way of putting this? So the title, by any other name, right? I kind of wanted to talk a minute about being a libertarian, right? I wanted to talk about different ways that we can address it to people who aren't libertarians. And I th I thought about for a minute the what I was going to call this show. Because uh, like I was saying, I 
was uh was a little late to the party on this episode. Uh, I was spending some time with my family, and I just completely missed the eight o'clock deadline. So, but here we are, and I was thinking, what what is it? What does it mean to be a libertarian? Do you have to be like an anarchist to be a libertarian? What's what's a real libertarian? Does it matter? What? How do we? Should we just use these subcategories to make distinctions of ourselves? And you know, I went through all of this this kit and caboodle brainstorming session uh, about how, what I was going to talk about today. And I think it's important to realize that we kind of—I won't say we have an identity crisis. We we co-opt. We, we take a philosophical idea. It's like the, saying any other philosophy. It's like stoicism, right? And then we say we are all stoics, okay? It, that's a very big, broad category of teachings and philosophies inside of this. So when you say you are libertarian, it's like just as descriptive. If, if you're inside of libertarianism, it's just as descriptive as saying like, you're a carbon-based life form. You know, I mean, it's not its not a very productive description. So I think having subcategories is important to people inside of libertarianism. Like, everybody's got their thing. Like, I'm a libertarian, but I'm an anarchist volunteerist. You might be a libertarian, and you might be a minarchist. Uh, it's, David here is a another libertarian volunteerist. And... You know, without those taglines, we don't really have an accurate way of describing what we are unless you want to sit down and say like, oh, well, see, I enjoy a philosophy that puts the freedom of the individual as the primary motivator of political philosophy. And in that particular branch of political philosophy, I believe that all actions that are non-voluntary are violent, therefore should not be associated with any form or structure of power. And so, good luck telling somebody that without them hanging up the phone or, or telling you to, that they're not interested anymore. So, if you have words and taglines, it gives you a tribe to associate yourself with. And I talked a little bit about tribes last episode and some of the problems that being a part of those tribes brings... But there are also potential benefits of being in said tribes. There, There is like a sense of community, and sometimes we abuse that. And what happens is we create echo chambers, particularly if you have you know, are on Facebook. It's really easy to go like a couple libertarian pages and then just get sucked into the loop that is nothing but libertarianism. All of your friends are libertarians. All of your friends are in these groups. Everybody knows each other. Um, not speaking to any group in particular, uh, just more speaking out into the void. And um, a lot of the groups that, you know, like a great one, okay? Like, let's just say like libertarian PC gamers or whatever it is. One, most of those people probably aren't real libertarians, which we'll talk about in a second. Second off, um, it's it's just a giant echo chamber of degeneracy and it makes for it breeds degeneracy because we we all have like a confirmation bias inside of us that makes finding contrasting opinions to what we believe more difficult but we also have an, an ad populum fallacy that's really easy to fall into which is if everybody agrees it must be true and the more you're surrounded by people who think different than you the crazier you'll feel so it's important to have a rock in your own base that you can come to 
Um, but you got to branch out. You know, you got to like at least be involved with people who don't agree with you and not talk politics. How about that? You know, <laughs> cause being in just in the soup, in the thick of it all, isn't healthy for you. It's not productive for you to develop as a person. It's not productive for you to your ideas to develop. It's not going to make you better at having conversations or even God forbid arguing or having a debate. Um, and it, again, it, it, it kind of it, it more often than not breeds degeneracy. You know, it's like, we have a lot of reactionary movements in modern politics. Politics throughout history has had a lot of reactionary movements. And, you know, things like modern white nationalism. Oh, am I going to get demonetized now that I said that? Um, are, are obvious, obvious reactions to some leftist movements. And I'm not saying that they're good. I'm not saying that they should exist. I think that they're pretty awful things to support in terrible ideologies, but they're obviously reactionary ideologies that were brought about by a very specific set of circumstances. And the reason that this is all important is because libertarianism kind of works the same way too. Like what brings people to libertarianism really? Ron Paul, apparently people who intellectually come here on their own, two, 3% people brought by their friends, 10 to 15 i'm just making up numbers here and then you have the people who are like oh my god they're gonna take all my guns and then the republicans say here are your guns and then they freak out and they come to libertarianism because they like weed and they like guns exactly the liberty late night guys over here you know david and uh mary they're both ron paul babies I think that's a very large majority of libertarianism is Ron Paul babies. The rest of them are the people who've been alienated by the Republican Party, some by the by the Democratic Party who showed up and decided that they wanted to be libertarians. They wanted to be Republicans that smoke weed, okay? That's a lot of people who call themselves libertarians. And to get more into what I want to get into, there's... I think it's really important that we have these subcategories and I know people hate it. People hate labels. People hate being put in groups because we as tribal creatures, not only are we naturally attracted to them, we're naturally attracted to know what other people's are, right? When you start talking politics, you'll use it as an identifier to say, oh, I'm not these guys. I'm these guys. Or you'll ask people, oh, you're probably one of these guys, right? Or, or, or they'll say it like, oh, you're one of those guys. So they'll just, they'll just put it on you. And because, because that's how our brains are wired. It makes it, it makes it easier for us to communicate. If we have a set of, it's like a table. It's like, we can pull up a, a list of characteristics that we can derive from this person based off of their tribe. It makes it easier to communicate and, uh, communicate as an actually communicate, not have a productive conversation or anything. So whenever we find ourselves in these situations where we're engaging with people who are basically just Republicans who want to smoke weed, what do we do? Okay, there's a couple different responses. Some people just ignore them. Some people say like, oh, you're not a real libertarian and they just kind of move on with it. And then you have the crusaders. And to be honest with you, like, I don't really even know which category I'm in anymore because I think it depends on what they're talking about. But there is a very strong movement of people, particularly particularly anarchists who are very, 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 very hell bent 
on only the truest of libertarians calling themselves libertarian. Okay, and we've already talked about the fact that that's such a broad category to begin with. Like, what does it even mean to be a real libertarian? Like, okay, I, I obviously believe that if you take libertarianism to its logical end, you wind up with volunteerism. Read what libertarianism is. But libertarianism is not the, the Wikipedia definition of libertarianism. Libertarianism is an ideology it, that therefore means that it is motivated by the people who are a part of it, okay? So if everybody who was a libertarian was an ANCAP, the default position of what is a libertarian would be in your brain an ANCAP. But it's not, right? I mean, it might be for you because we're in those circles, because me and you, but if you were to ask Susan on the side of the street who barely knows anything about politics, what's a libertarian? She's either going to say, what? Uh, liberals? What? Or she's going to say, uh, they're, they like to smoke weed and... They like guns and they hate taxes, which is that everything we believe in? No, not at all. But that's, that's pretty much like the main association. They like guns, they hate taxes, they want to smoke weed and they like the gays. But I mean, the gays are kind of like a non-issue now. So before that, they like the gays. Okay. And so, so what's the problem with that being libertarian? This is, this is the question I ask myself. Okay. Cause I, like I said, I've been, I've been the crusader at times. I've been the person who says there needs to be a purity test, which ugh, we'll get into why this issue is so nuanced later. But is, is there anything wrong with that being libertarian? No. Is it what libertarianism, the, the traditional ideology is? There's a lot more to it than that. There's, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, guns, smoking weed, no taxes, all that. Um, so that this is why I think, again, it's so important to have subsets. And if, if you're so concerned with being associated with people like the Libertarian Party and whatever, just don't call yourself a Libertarian. You know, I mean, I use Libertarian as a tagline because that's what people who agree with this show are more likely to be libertarians, so I want them to be able to find the content. But if I wanted to find the people who I know for a fact would be more likely to agree with me than anybody else, I would find ANCAPs, okay? That's what I would do. I don't even call myself a libertarian anymore. I'm not a fan of the Libertarian Party. I'm not a f I'm, I, I don't like where mainstream libertarianism is. I'm a volunteerist. If you asked me, what is your political philosophy? I'm going to say volunteerist. And there's also a strategy to this so well, okay? Or as well, sorry. If you even, now unfortunately with, with the last four years really, if you say I'm an ANCAP, most people know what that is now. Anarcho-capitalists, they're like, oh my god, this guy wants to like put children into slavery and f use babies to fertilize crops, you know what I mean? What a, <laughs> forget how wrong that is, let's just press... That's the, the cultural image. If you say volunteerist, you have an opportunity to describe yourself because nobody except for people involved in politics know what a volunteerist is. They, know, they don't know what a voluntarist is. So you say, oh, I'm a voluntarist, but <laughs> I got to read this. The gold standard with Alan Mosley, awesome show, by the way, says if the babies are dead, then they could be good fertilizer. There, there is a, so in a voluntarist world, if the baby's already dead, uh, I'm a, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not, but 
it's an ab violation to kill the babies to use them as fertilizer, which is what I was saying. So, uh, God, I, I know I just made somebody on the internet mad. I'm sorry. You can send all of your complaints to contact at libertyafterdark.net. But yeah, so I just got called a blasphemer too by uh, by old Josh here. Um, and I get that, right? So again, I was I was the crusader, okay? I was, for months, I was the guy who's like, you're not a real libertarian. And I think, you know, I think this is why I rely more and more and more and more and more on the subcategories of libertarianism as the primary identifier than I do is the word. Because the word basically, if, if I want to talk about libertarianism, I want to talk about the philosophy of libertarianism. I don't want to talk about the ideology of libertarianism. I don't want to talk about the, 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 the people who encompass libertarianism. I want to talk about my form or I want to talk about other people's specific forms of libertarianism. I, I, I've, at this point, I, I used to just say republicarians. I pretty much just associate two thirds of the people who call themselves libertarians with republicarians. Because they are what I just described at the beginning of all of this. They are the Republicans who got disenfranchised and they said, well, I like guns, I want to smoke weed, and I hate taxes, and then they used to say the gays. So, yeah. But is this even my final form? Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, it's... It's a, it's a, it's an interesting situation to be in. And so, yeah, like I said, I, I would, I would recommend to people, okay? Like, I'm not telling you to stop calling yourself a libertarian. Like, you can do whatever you want. You're an adult. Like, call yourself a libertarian if you want to. But if you're the person who gets associated or, or gets annoyed when you get associated with people in groups and names or you don't like being labeled a certain specific kind of, of person, then try using your most accurate descriptor and then make people question you from there. Um, like if you, if you told somebody you're a Republican, they feel like they know everything about you. If you tell someone you're a Democrat, they feel like they know everything about you. Green party, libertarian. It, it, it's too easy for them to just pull out the mental memory card and say like, Oh, green party. They like hump trees and stuff or whatever, you know, that that's their, in their, their mental image of what they are. And I don't even think the word libertarian is worth saving. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. I really don't. I don't see the appeal. Like we can use whatever name we want. Um, <laughs> The bed in the background doesn't look neatly made. This might be someone's first impression of libertarianism. Back to the GOP, exactly. It's not neatly made at all. I usually put it up, but I was late today coming to the show. So uh, you get what you get. Um, <laughs> listen to the audio version. You can't see the bed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the you know this, this just goes back back to what I was saying. I don't, I don't even see what's... I, I get it, right? Everybody fell in love with being a libertarian. Everybody, you know, that's how we all started. Oh, I'm a libertarian. Every, every single one of us. Like, we came from whatever we were to libertarian. Nobody was like, oh, I'm a Republican. Now I'm an ANCAP. Like, the next day. We all went down the libertarian train. And maybe, just maybe, it serves that purpose, right? Maybe it is a vehicle, okay? So for those of us who want... 
a free society for those of us who want a voluntarist community or even just a minarchist society at this point, really. Like, from, from the perspective that we're coming at now, these are all in the same direction, okay? The... They get off one stop earlier, but they're in the same direction. Maybe having libertarianism, the ideology, not the political philosophy, but the ideology of libertarianism, be this vehicle for people to move down this path and educate themselves. I'm okay with that. Like most people hear about the NAP by becoming associated with libertarianism. Most people's first time that they come up with the NAP is either someone educating them about it or them signing for the Libertarian Party. I mean, it's educating people on the non-aggression principle. How how mad can I be? Uh, really? Uh, Alan says, uh, we're dropping all references to Libertarian, Anarchy, and etc. after January 1st because they're useless and we're sellouts. Um, I, I'm, I call myself an anarchist volunteerist. I, I don't have any problem with the use of the word anarchy. I think it it is also good at being conflated. Um, like you say anarchists and people immediately think like people flipping cars and dumpsters burning in the streets and everything. But uh, I, I have no issue calling myself a volunteerist to anybody. It always opens up with a question. When you say, oh, I, yeah, I'm a volunteerist. They say, what the, what is a volunteerist? What is this? And then you get to explain Oh, well, it just means that I believe that all people should be able to freely associate without violence in their lives. And then they say, who doesn't want that, right? <laughs> who doesn't want to be able to freely associate without violence in their lives? And it's the first, that's the first thing right there. You always start with the good foot. You always start with the commonality. No one is a part of a political philosophy that says, oh, really? I want to maximize the amount of violence in everyone's life possible. Nobody, not even the people who do that really want that or at least think that they want that <laughs> maybe they do want that but they don't they don't think that they want that uh i'm just distancing myself from the angry democrats and jaded republicans that think they're libertarians uh, it's true like we were talking about this earlier that's this is this is exactly why i was saying it's probably better if you use your most accurate descriptor like, whatever. Don't don't call yourself an anarchist. That's fine. There's so many other things. You can be an agorist. You can be a volunteerist. You can be... Uh, what, is, what is the other one? I mean, even if you just call yourself, like, a collapsitarian, most people have to ask what that is. Like, most people don't know what that is. They have to ask the question. So, this is officially voluntarist show. It's been that way for months now. But I, th I think this is something that we kind of overlook... And a lot of us, again, you know, I think I'm, I'm a little bit repeating myself now, so forgive me, but I just want to make sure I really hit this. We have this attachment to the term libertarian. I get that. We are the libertarians. We want to protect that term. That is our tribe. I think that's a little bit lizard-brained of us to do that. I think that's a little... It's a little bit too much of our limbic system telling our cortex what to do. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta refocus here. Like, is the word that important is it is so important that you will make yourself look like neck beard neck beard trash telling people who is and is not a libertarian so i'll call myself whatever the highest bidder wants that's a true ancap right there um <laughs> it's you know it's it's just yeah you're just making your life so much easier for yourself if you make people 
ask the question in normal society, you are making it so much easier for yourself. And if they don't ask the question, whatever, you don't have to explain yourself. You are not obligated to say like, oh, well, I'm a Democrat. What are you? And then you say, oh, I'm a volunteerist. And they're like, oh, cool. Whatever. Like they, they can know nothing about it or whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're not obligated to, to educate them on everything about libertarianism. So really, I, I mean, I, I wanted to spend the most of this time talking about labels because I feel like we get wrapped up in labels a lot as libertarians. Um, should you be a crusader? I don't think so. I don't think it's a good use of your time. I think there's a lot more productive things you could be doing. Um, spend the 30 minutes that you were yelling at this one person on Facebook and, you know, go help to clean up trash somewhere or clean up the street or whatever, like make your community better, make a garden. I don't know. Do, do something healthy with your life instead of fighting for the word libertarian. Like, it's already been co-opted, guys. Like, if you're watching this show right now, 90% of you are either volunteerists or you're on the way, you're a minarchist, whatever. Your your word, your libertarianism is gone, okay? <laughs> Gardening is an excellent hobby. Would recommend. There you go. See, that's Shay's got the right idea. I mean, what's wrong with growing things? Like, think of how much more productive that is to you as a person than spending time fighting for a word like guys we're I, I talked about this last week we're taking a different direction on the show um i'm not gonna waste my time to, like gatekeeping people to libertarianism i'm much more convinced that our time is better spent on ways that we can make our communities better be better libertarians be better volunteers anarchists whatever you are minarchist people so that we can educate together all of us not not just me not just me sitting here like I, this is this is just a vehicle for me to help enable other people to make the world a better place okay like i still have to do groundwork too this is not the end of the road for me i don't i don't come on here every week and say like there we go. I've done my voluntarist thing for the week. I'm done. Like this is this is just this is just one way of helping to educate. And most of you people already know this stuff, but it, it helps you guys be vehicles too. Um, especially, I mean, most everybody here actually knows all of this stuff, but it it, it helps everybody become better vehicles of the knowledge. Um, Alan says, liberty is not the primary political virtue of 98% of all people on earth. I, we can talk about that in a second. You guys need to just worry about getting rich or dying trying. Um, you know what? I, I'm, let's even concede the fact that liberty may not be the primary political virtue of 98% of all people on earth. Okay. So it's not, right? Do we just... Put it all in a bag, throw it out the window, call it a day. I don't know. I didn't come to libertarianism. I didn't come to volunteerism. I didn't come to any of this for money, social acceptance, to be a part of the in crowd. Um, if I wanted any of that, I would have stayed a Republican. Way more people associate with that. You'll get way more money. You'll have a way bigger audience. No. Mm-mm. And it's dumb. I mean, it sounds kind of dumb. It sounds kind of pretentious when I say it out loud, but it's because it's not, it's not right. It's not 
right? Okay, people are like, oh, how can opinions be, be wrong or right? I think this is a very obvious situation where if you step back and you look and you, and you analyze what's going on, the only ethically consistent political system on planet Earth is volunteerism. That's it. Because one, because it's the most disassociative, which helps in the fact that it's not involved in everything. And uh, it, it also is one of the most basal and, and built for our needs. And we are at a, a time in human history where we can have these things. I made a post the other day, 5,500 years of human history. And you guys haven't figured out that the state is against you yet. Like you're still, you're still trying to work this one out society. Like what's going on? I was talking whenever I had the episode with Patrick Smith, we talked about, he talked about the idea that, that humanity since its fruition has trended towards freedom. And I, in the moment was kind of like, this is, that's a weird thing to say. I mean, it doesn't feel like it, but again, we weren't alive 2000 years ago during, you know, the Roman Republic, whenever you could have just been born a slave and worked the, the, the fields until you died or went ragged. And, you know, it's, it's true. And I think that we have the technology, we have the society, we have the systems in place to where this is an actual possibility. Now, it's not a possibility tomorrow. I've talked about this. A voluntarist community is not, it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not going to happen in a year or 10 years or probably even 20, 25 years. But is that what you want? I mean, it's like, is, is that what you need? Are you here for, and this is a rhetorical question. You process this. If it's not you, that's fine. Let it blow right past you. But again, I, I talked about this, what was it, last week, the week before that. If you're here for, for freedom today or tomorrow, you're probably in the wrong group, guys. Because I don't see a voluntary society setting up tomorrow lasting to next week. I really don't. Because we are not there yet. Ellen is completely right. 98% of people, liberty is not the primary political virtue. It's not. We have to change that. That's on us. That's not on anybody else. That's, that's on our shoulders to bear. And it's not your responsibility to go out and educate the entire world. But it wouldn't help if you did a little. Or it wouldn't hurt, I mean. It wouldn't hurt if you did just a little bit. If you helped your communities... Josh says Republicans and Dems slash leftists may have bigger audiences, but libertarian ANCAP audiences are more fun. We're the redheads of audiences. I think, yeah, that's pretty true. Um, yeah. So a libertarian by any other name is still going to be a libertarian because they associate themselves with the term. That's what they're going to be. You can accept the label as your own you can try to differentiate yourself from it and whatever your flavor is my personal recommendation is that whatever your subset is whatever it is i don't care whatever it is voluntarist anarchist agorist whatever go for it then identifies that because it leaves the least amount of ambiguity and it opens up the most ability for you to explain or elaborate yourself without too many preconceptions being in the way but um, we, we have a, we have bigger fish to fry, right? And next episode, which is going to be on the, we're not quite done yet, but next episode, which is going to be on the, this is off, isn't it? 
what day is today? Yeah, it's the 21st. My computer says it's the 22nd. I was like, what? Uh, the, the 28th, we'll be going over the uh, year in review. And we'll be talking about all the ways, however many I can find anyways, or you guys want to send me, that uh, we got a little bit closer to freedom this year. And I know there there's so many things that we can sit by and talk about and look at how much worse everything is getting. And I get it, guys. I get it. I did it today. I went on a rant on Facebook. I told you guys I wasn't going to. I did it anyways. Okay, I tried to make it as constructive as possible. All right. I'm trying to trying to be positive, try to be constructive. It's, just, it's hard sometimes. But we we like it is so easy for us to just like what I'll just say the same thing I said last week. What are we what are you going to do about it? Okay? Why get so mad about some of these things? Like if we're going to have a conversation about it, that's one thing. If if you're just going to get mad and be like Oh man, libertarianism sucks because we're all just moving towards slavery. Like maybe this is the course it needs to go. One of my favorite things about volunteerism is that it is an individual philosophy first. You can have volunteerism with one person. You can, you can do it. Okay. It doesn't make a lot of sense because there's no need to have it when it's just you, but you know, you stick two people in a room, three people or 2 billion people in one room it's a functional philosophy. It's a functional political philosophy. It's an, it's an apolitical political philosophy. That's the best kind. <laughs> it's, it's been co-opted. It's not even a political philosophy, really. Like if you actually look at what voluntarism is, it's just a, it's just a normal philosophy. It's just a normal ideology. And it's, we, we can co-opt it into a political ideology because we can use that philosophy the same way that people use pragmatism as a philosophy to view altercations. Same exact way. And it just so happens that when you live your life that way, it's associated with a, you know interactions in society, which therefore, to some extent, makes it a political philosophy. And when the political system no longer exists... It'll still be a, a social philosophy, a political philosophy, however you want to describe it. There's a lot to that. There's a lot to unpack just from that. What is a, volunt a voluntarist by any other name? Is a voluntarist. What comes down to it is what they do, represent, act, behave, etc. This is why I'm so big on promoting leading with your best foot forward now. If you're going to get out there and say something that is, uh, you know, like I did, that is motivated by frustration, try to do so in the most constructive manner possible. Either try to make it an educational opportunity, try to have a discussion with somebody, you know, just try not to be toxic with it. Because I think our representation of ourselves to the larger world is so important. It's so important. We have, for the first time in modern history, we have the ability for some random douchebag to get up in front of a camera with a microphone and be able to talk to dozens, hundreds of people about these ideas. What We have never had a better time to explore and expand niche ideologies than we do today. And I totally accept the fact that volunteerism is a niche ideology. It is an uphill battle. I get, I'm right, dude, guys, I'm right there with you, okay? <laughs> I am not a, uh, a, gonna blow, I'm not gonna blow any smoke in your face. It's an uphill battle. But we can do this.
if we can leave the world freer than it is today, or at least do our best. I know nobody, you know, nobody likes to talk about that. It always sounds like you're, you're coughing out when you say something like that, but it's so true. Like, even if we all die and the world is a darker dystopian authoritarian nightmare, but you did everything that you could to keep that from happening, whatever that may be, whether it's as simple as you trying to promote good communal behaviors or you, you, you did your, your keyboard warrioring that you to spread the word, whatever you can do, whatever you can do. As long as you do that, I, I don't have any, I can't, I can't criticize you for it. If that's, if that's what you can do to the most of your ability, whatever. If you volunteer with Habitat for Humanity or work at the soup kitchen or you, you, you donated to a food drive or whatever to, to benefit your local communities, you have made the world one step closer to being a more self-sufficient community or you're, you've made your community one step closer to being a self-sufficient community. Particularly if you weren't the kind of person who did this stuff before. Especially if you weren't the kind of person who did this stuff before. I know we as libertarians, we like to like we like to be a little bit boisterous. I mean we, everybody is, but voluntarists and, and everybody are, are like this to an extent. It's just part of being a human. But if if you do something nice, you like to talk about it and be like, oh look at these nice things I've done. You know, I mean I've been the first to say I've not been the greatest voluntarist because I haven't been that involved in my community. And that's something that I could be doing that I'm not. Or haven't been. Will be in the future, but haven't been in the past for a variety of different reasons, including not even being in the country. But yeah. What is a freer community by any other name? A freer community. You can call it whatever you want. You can put whatever label on it, put as many people in it as you want. But you make a more self-sufficient community. Do your part. Spread the word. What more can you do? Guys, if you want to get rich being a libertarian, you missed out, man. Ron Paul already came and went. Okay? You know, I mean, that that was that was the train to hop on with. Obviously, he everybody he touched got a little bit of that. If you wanted to to be super famous, be a celebritarian as they call it, the train has probably already left. Okay? I've accepted the fact that I broadcast to a super niche audience. I will probably never get more than a few thousand downloads every episode. Probably never. Unless something hap really strange happens. But dang it. I will do what I can. I'll do what I can. I like doing this. I think it's fun. I think it's I think it's as healthy. So what kind of voluntarious community stuff you got planned? Gonna live stream feeding the homeless or something? I don't know. That's a good idea though. Um really, I mean, we talked about this. I'm gonna do another one of these uh episodes like I did. I did an episode called what you can do and it was literally, I just listed like all sorts of ideas that you can do to promote agorism or volunteerism. Um, I want to start doing some counter economics stuff. I'll probably make a couple YouTube videos about that. Um, there's, there's definitely some opportunities here though. We could, we could do all sorts of things. We could host a food drive. We could work at a home or we could work at a, a kitchen, a, a, a shelter, we can do all sorts of stuff. I and mean, we don't even have to live stream it. Like, whatever. I, I don't... What, I didn't even think about that. I mean, sure, that might be a great idea for the the show, perhaps. But really, like, number one concern, doing something to promote volunteerism. Yeah. 
the Houston area has loads of volunteerist opportunities. Tons of them. It's a big area. Millions of people. There are tons of people who could use it. And, um, you know, I know, I know a lot of people like support GoFundMes and stuff like that. And that's great. Everybody's got, you know, like I said, their, their way of promoting it. I am still a big proponent of boots on the ground. Like I cannot sing enough praises to the guys up in Dallas, the, uh, don't comply dudes for hosting uh, feed the need. Like that is exactly what I'm talking about. Like maybe, maybe a little spicy for my I mean, not spicy for my taste. I think everything that they did is completely fine. I think putting so much emphasis on the carrying part of it might not be like, if you want to talk about from like a marketing standpoint, the best move, but f screw that, whatever, forget that. Okay. I love the hell out of those guys for doing that. They did great things. They do great things every year. And, uh, I, I'm going to be a part of it next year. I wish if I had gotten back a few weeks sooner, I would have been a part of it this year. But it just didn't. It just didn't line up with my own schedule. So I'll be there next year. Um, and and yeah, you know what, Shay. Whenever uh, so I I asked for people to start sending in if they do anything for their communities to send an email and we'll talk about it at the beginning of the show. I didn't get any for this last week, but that's fine. Um, but you know, I'll start doing the same thing. Whenever I do something in my community, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about it and maybe how somebody could do something like that in their own community and, uh, little things guys, little things. If the government makes it illegal to feed the homeless and not carry. Yeah. <laughs> balls to the walls. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I trust me. I'm not, um, criticizing. I mean, I guess I am criticizing, but I'm not bashing them. I think they did great things. I just you know, from an optics perspective, but screw that. They did great things. That's it. End of the story. Boom. They're doing great things. Um, I'd love to be a part of some stuff like that in Houston. There was uh, a, a volunteer group that went by and was painting houses in the, the more dilapidated areas of the city. I'd love to be a part of stuff like that. Um, I just got to make the time and, and do it. So, yeah. And I know this has somehow changed into a big, how do we be better volunteerists, which I think is a great thing to ask ourselves all the time. But, uh, yeah, I think that's something that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> again, I'm not complaining. I think it's a great topic to talk about. Um, and the counter economics thing, I want to do an episode on that because I think it's something that we really, really, really overlook often. And it is more of like the nitty gritty, like I'm really into subverting the state side of things, but Counter-economics can be a useful tool. And uh, I'm telling you, the day that we can find a way to, to produce fuel on a small scale at a competitive rate to traditional gasoline is the day that counter-economics gets really spicy. Uh, really, really spicy. So, yeah. Those are some things that I'm looking into. I'm really interested in counter-economics. Really interested in I think that's something that you'll probably be seeing some YouTube videos about, or we'll have an episode discussion on the concept of counter-economics, uh, or maybe we'll have some guests on who participate in counter-economics, but that's definitely something that I'm getting a lot more interested in that I think is overlooked. Um, it's really, it's, you know, volunteerism is a big, 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 big sphere of ideas. It's not just helping your community in soup kitchens. There is a state subversion part of it as well. It's like, what have you found a way that we can contribute less of our incomes to bombing children in Yemen? Great. Tell us about it so we can all do it. Or, or those of us that can do it, we'll do it. Um, stuff like that.
stuff like that. So yeah. Oh man, that was good stuff though. I think I think that's pretty much all I've got to say. I really really just wanted to talk about the labels thing. Like I didn't, you know, we talked about news a little bit in the very beginning, a little bit about impeachment, but I I really just think that label stuff is what was what was on my mind that I really wanted to talk about. And you know, we we came back to talking about more of how to be better voluntarists and I think that's a great thing. But um yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't keep you guys for too long. I know it's getting late. So unless y'all have anything you want to specifically talk about, we can go ahead and uh, wrap up for this episode. I think, yeah, we've been on for about an hour so. Always happy to hear. Well, thank you, Sirens. It's good to have you out. Appreciate you coming out. And all of you guys, Shay, Josh, Alan, it's so good to have you guys out. Uh, Dave, Mary, I'm sure you guys are still watching. So appreciate the support. Yeah, as long as people tune into the shows and download the podcast, I will keep doing it. So, or until the 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 SS comes and knocks on my door and forces me to stop, that may be a motivator for me to stop. But happy sol happy winter solstice to you, sirens. Yeah, I won't see you guys until after Christmas. So I hope all of you have an amazing Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever you guys holiday, however it is. I don't care enjoy your time if you're with your family enjoy your family if you're not um call them and tell them i said i hope they're having a great christmas so <laughs> yeah i think that's it uh again yeah appreciate you guys coming out we're gonna go ahead and end it here um so yeah we'll do the official ending all that jazz um appreciate you guys coming out to the show if you guys have anything that you want to send you can go ahead and send it to contact at libertyafterdark.net if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast provider don't forget to either like the show subscribe share it give it to a friend whatever um and if you guys feel like supporting the show monetarily we have a patreon um patreon.com slash liberty after dark um we're just trying to get to the goal of where the show breaks even so we're not paying uh I need to host it so I can just do this for, for freezies. Just the only investment is my time and whatever else I feel like throwing into it. So that would be pretty sweet. Um, other than that, I think that's all I have for you guys. So any last words before we go? Everybody's on YouTube, so I'll give you like 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to like the Facebook page and join the community group where you can keep more in touch. <laughs> all right. I think that's it. Everybody have a great Christmas. I will see you guys on the next episode to talk about the entire year of liberty. Take it easy.